knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon, the unique blend of hunting, fishing, wildlife conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Taurus, award-winning pistols and revolvers. Mossberg, American-built, American Strong, and the Red 55 Winery in Lindale, Texas. Signature wines of Grammy Award-winning country artist Miranda Lambert and owned by Rick and Beverly Lambert. Before getting into today's episode with Greg Simons, I want to tell you about something that I've been involved with for a while, involved in the fact that Luke Clayton and I have been writing a book, and that book should now be available. The book's titled Campfire Talk, and of course, it's by Luke Clayton and Larry Wysoon, and my old dear friend Jim Zumbo is one who did the foreword for us. The book is a compilation of several different stories that Luke and I have done in the past. They involve hunting, fishing, conservation, cooking, and the great outdoors. Now, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about it or to order a copy of that book, you can go to catfishradio.org. That's C-A-T-F-I-S-H dot O-R-G. And you'll find a a section there where you can go to the book and order it. And uh, if you want to, you can also request that Luke and I sign it and it'll be shipped out to you in the, hopefully in a very short period of time. But Lots of good things coming down the road, and that book being one of them. So again, please go to catfishradio.org. And here in the future, too, it's going to be available on Amazon and through Sporting Classic Books and a whole lot of other places, and very possibly even through Luke and me personally, if we get an opportunity to come to your part of the country and do a book signing. Now let's join the episode that we've got planned for today. Mr. Greg Simons, you've been in the outdoor business for a long time. I can remember actually when you first got started. Yeah, yeah, I was in diapers then. That's been, I don't know, 21 years ago, something like that. (laughs) You've had a lot of experiences, obviously, both in terms of hunting and in in terms of dealing with people, dealing with landowners, viewing hunting from all kinds of different perspectives as a speaker, both nationally and internationally, (laughs) being involved in all kinds of organizations, including Dallas Safari Club, and of course with TWA as well too, and and Texas Wildlife Association, and more recently as a DSC Board of Director. 
what prompted you to do this book? And before we get started beyond that, I just want to say, Greg Simons, welcome to the DSC Campfires. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to be able to spend some time with you and, and talk about uh, topics that are near to both of us. And uh uh, make some good medicine and, and, and chart a path moving forward of uh, progress. <laughs> and occasionally enjoy a little bit of medicine that's, as well. That's too. right. That's right. No, I have. It's, um, you know, between wildlife systems and the work we do there, you know, working with uh, some ownership in the Texas Hunting Directory uh, way back when, you know, wildlife consultants uh, that Ruben and I own and operate and then more recently conservation equity partner with terry anderson and, and tamara wood uh and then uh wildlife safaris you know dick laros and brown delosier that we used to own oh, uh, absolutely. years ago where we were booking some international trips so yeah it's just it's it, having my finger in those different businesses and then being involved with uh, different organizations like DSC, Texas Wildlife Association, and others. It's just uh, allowed me to, to kind of dabble around in some different areas that uh, that relate to uh, the hunting business and uh, the outdoor and wildlife world. And so I'm very fortunate to uh, to be able to, 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 to kind of reflect on some of those experiences to, uh, you know, to allow me to have a little more context and perspective on, on, on various issues. So. Well, let's go back to the very beginning. What got you into hunting? Yeah, you or know, the outdoors. Yeah, yeah and, and of course, my growing up with my dad and granddad, they were both uh, avid hunters. And my grandfather, who passed away when I was six, he was a self-taught horticulturist and a rattlesnake wrangler. And, and uh, so, uh, so yeah, just being able to have that kind of um, that kind of experience as a kid, uh, being able to to shadow, uh, you know, my grandfather and my dad, uh, that was that was really, you know, my early access into into this hunting and outdoor world. And then, you know, once I got a little bit older, uh, going to school at Texas A&M University and, and majoring in wildlife and fishery sciences, uh, that was my, you know, step into the professional uh, area of this field. So it's just kind of been a successional uh, opportunity for me to be able to uh, to graduate into to doing what, you know, what I do today. I remember when you first started Wildlife Systems, I was writing for a bunch of different publications. We did some things together. And I wrote a book called Hunting Material Whitetail, or, or Hunting Material Bucks, maybe mm -hmm. is what it was. Right. And yep. I remember a photograph in there of you, a big kid, <laughs> yeah. dark hair and mustache. Yeah, that's me, still today. <laughs> picking, picking it's just up. not as dark anymore, <laughs> <The> mustache. <laughs> picking up the shit antler, which that photograph is in there, and it wasn't very long after that, I got a call, I can't remember whether it was from you or your, your beautiful lovely wife Deborah that said guess who's got being treated for rabies <laughs> yeah no that was uh, quite an experience in itself uh, had a couple of guys from uh, Mississippi I was turkey hunting with uh, guiding on a turkey hunt out out near Robert Lee, just north of, of San Angelo, and had a rabid fox that attacked uh, the hunter that was walking behind me, and, and he, that fox latched hold of him. His name was Lane Buford, and uh, 
latch toe laying right above his kneecap and would not let go <laughs> and uh, finally pulled that fox off of Lane and, and then the fox came back again. We eventually ended up shooting the fox and, and uh, the, the, the fox did test positive for rabies so there was three of us because his buddy was trying to trying to wrangle the fox too. <laughs> so but yeah, that's uh, yeah experiences like that that can be kind of unsettling at the time but uh, but they paint a they paint a, uh, a past that's uh, that's fun to, to reflect back on uh, just all the different uh, neat interesting experiences that if you're in this business long enough you get a chance to uh, to, to, to come across <laughs> well that's actually where I was heading with that with the question because you've had such a great varied experience in, in dealing particularly too with people and you mentioned Dick Lyles mm-hmm. years ago it was you that got me to the first uh, Harrisburg show way back when and, and speaking to Dick and his back mm-hmm. then there were some fairy club group I think right. and speaking to them and spending time with them and, and uh, but over the years you, you've had the opportunity to deal with so many different people in different circumstances different wildlife different wildlife habitats and different wildlife hunting situations and I want to go from there to your more recent uh, your, your most recent leopard experience sure. <laughs> absolutely but no Dick Laros was certainly a um, inspirational mentor of mine, and, and it's really kind of uh, amazing how I came on to him. Actually, the first year in '88 that we decided to go ahead and start running some guided hunts, started the business in '87. That that next year, decided to, uh, to 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 get into trying to access some some markets on the East Coast to offer some guided hunts, and I called a guy named Ben Calloway who was working for the Philadelphia Inquirer at that time. Right. Their yes. outdoor columnist and, and basically, you know, offered him a, a hunt. Um, he wanted to come down and hunt whitetails in return for getting some press in the uh, newspaper. And back then, that was, you know, these big newspapers, whether it was the Philadelphia Inquirer or Allentown Call or the Houston Chronicle or the Dallas Morning News, those were outstanding ways of accessing some of those local markets. And, and Ben was very polite, but he said that um, he was not able to accept that opportunity, but he gave me the name of a booking agent, the name of a freelance writer up there, and the name of a taxidermist. And the, the first call to the booking agent uh, was kind of um, calloused and cold, you know, just basically, and he was a big name guy. I won't mention any names, uh, but, uh, but he mentioned he just didn't book for anybody that, that he didn't know. And uh, of course he didn't know me, nobody did, except my <laughs> wife and my mother and dad. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, then my next call was to the writer and he basically told me it was unethical to, to offer a hunt uh, in return for uh, some publicity. And I was thinking, I'm not gonna give you a hunt if you don't give me some publicity. And, and so that was strike two. And then my next call was to this taxidermist guy who also owned the Lehigh Valley Outdoor Expo up there and, and it was Dick Laros and he was kind enough to uh, to visit with me for about an hour and, and he came down, brought some hunters with him that year and it, it, we struck a just a, a really special relationship that lasted until he passed away seven or eight years ago, kind of almost a father figure in some ways, but, uh, but yeah, so he was 
really inspirational in, in allowing me to meet some folks up there and then that next year go up to the Lehigh Valley Outdoor Expo, which you were a speaker at uh, at least one occasion. And, and uh, so, yeah, just, you know, having those mentors like that, uh, it's so important for any young professional to uh, to have someone that uh, that helps tighten that that learning curve and helps, you know, foster their um their their motivation to uh to you know to plow forward and not give up and and uh, so he was certainly one of those mentors to me <clears throat> that plow forward that doggedness of staying with it it also carries over to your leopard hunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, yeah. I'm, I'm hitting in a certain direction with all this. To be very honest, yeah. honestly, if I you're guess listening. I could say unfortunately, but uh, but you know, but fortunately, it, it finally uh, came together. But you're right. Uh, you know, as much luck as I've had with uh, with mountain lions and big mule deer, I've had uh, equally bad luck with, with leopards. <laughs> so it so it seems. But uh, so yeah, finally, uh, my third try. Uh, um, was in Zimbabwe this year, and it, it, it came together and shot a nice, uh, nice mature male cat, and uh, and so it was uh, it was really kind of euphoric, and and you know in retrospect, those times that didn't come together, it it, it certainly made me appreciate uh, you know the, uh, the 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 cat, and uh, it made me appreciate the moment uh, even more than what I would have if I had shot a cat the, the first night in a leopard blind for sure so yeah. yeah and that's the way hunting plays out sometimes you know it does but to me i equate a lot of this stuff where we're going to with life as well you don't give up you know you, you don't give up sometimes even when times are tough and you look for a positive or nothing else just be learned and experience go i ain't gonna do quite like that again yeah so, let's now let's head toward the book what um, you, you you're an excellent writer you're an excellent speaker you you just amaze me in so many different ways with your talents but why now why the book and why now sure yeah well it wasn't why now it, it actually started about 15 years ago <laughs> on a vacation in hawaii uh, i'm not one to uh sit on the beach much and i'd already been thinking about starting on uh putting some words on paper for a for a book so it, it actually started about 15 years ago um when we were on vacation in hawaii with the kids and and um and then over the next two summers on two separate trips to africa i worked on putting some words on paper on those two Trip. So I had about 50,000 words on paper, and uh, and then I had an opportunity to, to, to roll on the officer team at Texas Wildlife Association, which is generally a six-year commitment. Yes. And uh, so I, I knew <laughs> I, I, like had to, I had to give up something. So um, I, uh, I gave up golf, which I used to golf quite a bit, and I had to, I just didn't have the, the time to, 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 to work on that book anymore. So um, after my officership, um, and then about a year after that, we were in Belize, Deborah and I on vacation. I, and I thought, you know what? It's, it's, it's time I 
I get back to work on this book. And then once I got to looking at the, the manuscript, I was like, golly, you know, it's there's so much that has, you know, so much water has passed under the bridge over the last seven years now that uh, my writing style had changed a little bit and my perspectives had changed on certain things. So I, I just basically started over. And uh, so for the next two years, um, I worked on the book and um, and put about 100,000 words on, on paper in the manuscript and then spent uh, most of that next summer doing a self-edit uh, on that. And that was... That was no telling how many hours I had in the, had in the self-edit part and then turned it over to, to, to Lori Woodward to do the uh, initial deep edit and then it's went through two copy edits and when it goes through a copy edit it comes back you know to to, to the author and, and perhaps the the main editor so we went through five stage, stages of editing process so it's a if someone finds a misspell or a, a comma out of place uh, my head may explode but uh, <laughs> if that's okay there's not much in there so <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> be like an empty watermelon but uh, but, uh, but no it's been a very protracted process uh, I saw the, the 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 author's copy was sent uh, to Larray Jarvis the lady that I hired to be kind of the project manager that did all the layout design and was coordinated with Greenleaf publishing or Greenleaf uh, book group out of Austin and she sent me pictures of the author's copy that she received yesterday from an international printer and so it looks beautiful and uh, so she sent a email off to uh, Greenleaf yesterday said it said uh, start the presses so you know here over the next few weeks we'll have 5,000 copies of the book and then it'll take several weeks to be shipped over here to the states right. hopefully it won't get hung up on a cargo uh, box somewhere out in the in, on a port somewhere, but uh, but sometime in the next six or seven weeks we should have books in hand. So, well, I'll, I'll make a comment right here that this will probably air just about the time that the book comes will be totally available, kind of thing. And by the way, the the, the person that that wrote the forward in it um, is a gray bearded used to be a red bearded uh, wonder but it's a gray bearded uh, wonder that, that that has a name similar to, to Larry Wyshoon and, and talks a lot like him so well you have no idea how honored I was when you called and asked about that and how honored I am to be included tell people the title because we've talked yeah. about all kinds of things at this point but the title and, and then let's talk a little bit about some of the chapters let's sure yeah now the title is it's pretty straightforward it's called the hunting business and um, and it's got a subtitle called there's no business like the hunting business and uh, and so and that was one thing that uh, Dick and I used to reflect on uh, one of his sayings was there's no business like the hunting business and so that's the subtitle that uh, that I decided to uh, to attach to the to the title that's cool because in a way it's it's honoring Dick as well too yeah yeah and uh, but no it's a the hunting business is really it's a it's a deep dive look at the hunting business and um, it's not a really a uh, an adventure piece 
uh, per se. Um, it has some, certainly some anecdote, anecdotes in there uh, to make things a bit more interesting. Uh, but it's uh, it's not a, an adventure piece. It's a it's a deep dive look at the hunting business from uh, you know concepting a, a business model to uh, securing financing, basic business management practices and principles, uh, marketing, uh, customer service strategies, you know, the culinary side of the business, uh, risk management, um, harvest photography and the role that that plays in this business as well as um, in the world of, of hunting and hunting advocacy. Um, and then there's also a few other chapters that, uh, that kind of get off off subject a little bit, um, a, biz, uh, a section in there, a, a chapter in there that's called the uh, the roles that NGOs play in conservation. So it, it talks about uh, just some of my experience uh, being involved with different organizations, uh, National Deer Association, Dallas Safari Club, uh, Texas Wildlife Association, and, and a few others. But talking about the, you know, the, the integral, you know, absolute important role that these conservation groups play in uh, being able to, uh, you know, help protect uh, this hunting heritage, the role that they play in serving as a voice for, you know, hunting and wildlife, and uh, in the um, the role that they serve in terms of being an intervener, you know, for different hunters and anglers and outdoor and wildlife enthusiasts. Uh, there's a chapter in there that talk about the eight M's of hunting, that really the initial part of that, uh, Dr. Bill Eichenhorst uh, used to talk about the four M's of hunting, right. and he and I got to talking about uh, what that looked like, and then there was five M's, and then six M's, <laughs> seven M's, and then a guy named Larry Washington decided that uh, without memories, those seven M's would not be complete. So, complete. so it's the, the eight M's of hunting, and it's that, that chapter is a little philosophical, but in some ways it's also intrinsic. And uh, but it's a bit of a litmus of what hunting is and what it's not. And uh, and then uh, there's a chapter in there that just is, I guess, my my attempt to look into uh, a crystal ball and, and try to project, predict, you know, what the future might look like and what we need to be doing to uh, to help shape that that future. So it's a uh, you know, again, a deep dive into the business side of hunting, but also, you know, looks at some other things and wells. And, and I intentionally tried to build in some material in there that would apply to anyone in any field. They might be a business owner or business manager that they could glean some things from. They may be a college student just seeking, you know, inspiration and, and guidance um, and what that looks like. And so uh, I think there's material in there that that uh, can be extrapolated into whatever it might be that you do in life. So something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like you say, it's a deep dive. It really is. But it, it, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, that 
I, I see many things that you mentioned there that can apply to almost anybody's life, though, as well, too. If you get right down to it, whether you're an outdoors person or not, there's mm-hmm. an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And I know how your writing style is, and it's it's a very enjoyable, readable writing style. So I got a feeling even some of those that, that people might not be particularly interested in this particular one subject, that they would find that quite interesting in terms of your perspective and in terms of your experiences. And uh, I would go out on a limb without even thinking about saying so much of this is based on actual life experiences as well. Yeah. Of having to deal with certain circumstances yeah, for over sure. time. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and again, it, some of this gets back to just, you know, this, this um, I guess, amazing uh you know, history that I've had, being able to meet so many people, amazing people, um, work with so many amazing properties, uh, be exposed to a lot of different um, enterprises, not all hunting related, right. some other, you know, nature-based enterprises, being able to, to, to develop relationships with a number, many, many uh, highly successful business people and spending some meaningful time with them, you know, saying, you know, tell me about right. your secrets for success. Right. And then and then trying to see what are some of the common central uh, traits that this person worked for this person over here, that person over there, and then, uh, and then trying to coalesce, you know, some of those common traits on what worked for various folks. And indeed, you know, different people have certain unique styles or certain um, creative ways on how they've been able to carve out, you know, a su- successful path. But in many cases, they're very common between those different people in terms of uh, how it how it all came together for for them. And uh, and certainly one of those common traits is, you know, surrounding yourself with with good people. And uh, and that's that's one of the uh, perhaps the most central trait uh, as I met people over the years is, you know, being able to affiliate and surround yourself with with quality people that will lift you up, that will inspire you, people that are smarter than you, that you can learn from, and uh, and people that have their own networks that that allow you to kind of uh, segue into to their own unique networks and, um, and, and and meet you know other folks that they're affiliated with so so yeah no it's um, it's you know at, at times over the years it seems like um, you know multitasking and and, and, and and long weeks were were daunting but at the end of the day uh, you know it's those long weeks that, that allowed me to uh, you know to, to meet to, to meet a lot of folks and to, to do a lot of neat things and to uh, to, to try to you know pack a little bit more information into my pea-sized brain. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at this point because I, I, I so admire you in so many different ways. And But you, you're right. It, 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 I get tickled. I've been very fortunate, very blessed in everything that I do, or a lot of the things I've done, as have you in so many different ways. But people really have no idea how many hours go into the day every single yeah. day of the year. Sure. When, yeah. when you do the kind of 
kind of things that you do and, and kind of in a different way what I do. And it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. there's a lot of dedication. There's a, there's an absolutely fab, fabulous family behind you. Yeah. As with, with Miss Deborah, your wife and your sure. children. And, yep. and, and same thing with my wife and my kids where they have a different ilk or a different manner. Right. Sure. Uh, I'd, I'd be sweeping the floors somewhere and being thankful that I could have that ability still mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. So families yeah. play very important. Oh, yeah. All this, this oh, yeah. Too. No, it's um, they, they do. And, and there's not there's not always that family dynamic or family chemistry that is, is patient with someone that, you know, that's on the road a lot and puts in a lot of hours. And, 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 and you do. You, you really have to put in a lot of hours. I've <laughs> occasionally had, you know, someone bemoan the idea of, you know, working 12 hours that day. And I always say, so you're working half days. And uh, <laughs> My same statement that I'll make a lot of times. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, a 40 hour work week, uh, you can get, you can get a lot done, but, but really to, to, to make a big difference and to scale out your efforts, um, it's 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 for much of your life, not your your entire professional life, but much of your life, it's 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 not going to happen in a forty hour work week. No, it's going to no. take sixty to eighty hours a week to uh, to really be able to to do things in a, in a in a bit bigger way, and especially if you're trying to build some you know some time in for volunteer work, which I think's you know critically important yes. in developing one's profession and and giving back to one's profession. Yes, uh, and being a true professional, but uh, but yeah, uh, but you know, I'm hoping that I'm 59 years old, so uh, I'm hoping that you know before long I'll figure out a way to trim that back to uh, to half days and just put in 12 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling there may be some days where you do that, but I would not say that you're going to do it every day. <laughs> oh, that's for sure, <laughs> Greg. Obviously, as we missed earlier. We're recording this well ahead of time. We're at a hotel, having being at a DSC meeting. Uh, where where are your books available, or where will they be yeah, available? Yeah. How is the, the best way to attain one of these books? Sure, or you bet. Yeah, Greenleaf Book Group will be handling uh, any of the, uh, for lack of a better description, the commercial uh, distribution of it, uh, and they'll have it um, in in Barnes and Noble. Uh, maybe not in many of their storefronts, but on their website, yes. Barnes & Noble, right. Amazon, they'll have yeah. it uh, available through Amazon, and then a few other smaller shops, and then, uh, but uh, but really, and, and, and it's, it's, it's my book, we paid for all the production costs, right. so uh, it was not published, it was by anyone else, it was self-published, so it's my book, and so I do retain the ability to control, you know, what all, of the distribution looks like. So we'll be doing some self-marketing. Probably the Good. easiest way would just be to uh, to, to, to send us an email, uh, greg at wildlife systems, and then we'll make sure that um, if, if you reach out to us uh, before books are in hand, we'll we'll have a spreadsheet that, you know, we'll have your your name and, and contact information. We'll take a payment. It'll retail for $49.50 and uh, bargain. And, uh, Yes, it is. You know, it's uh, it's not it's not worth a penny more than fifty dollars, but it's certainly <laughs> worth forty nine fifty. 
<laughs> and uh, but, uh, but so uh, so yeah, we'll be doing some uh, self marketing, self distribution. I, you know, I, I'd like to think that maybe somebody who's desperate at some trade show or convention might uh, need someone to come in and do a book signing and, and have the uh, the person that wrote the forward in there, you know, with them to uh, provide some uh, some table appeal and maybe somebody <laughs> will walk up and want to sign copies. <laughs> I think we need to make a concerted effort to talk to at least one organization, maybe two that I can think about with TWA and DSC, particularly at our upcoming conventions and those kind of things, to provide a table for Greg Simons to sign books. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Hands, so. that'd be, that'd be fun. <laughs> and uh, maybe tell a few hunting stories while we're there. Oh, I bet the arms <laughs> could be twisted very easily on that one. Greg, thank you so much for joining us around the campfire this morning. And the only thing that I would do is, is they can learn more about, you're involved in several businesses, quite frankly. What are those? And and, and sure. how can what are the websites that they can go to? And then give your, yep. your yeah, email sure. address one yeah. more time. You know, the main business that I you know started right after college, it's Wildlife Systems, so wildlifesystems.com, and, and with that business, we principally focus on putting together commercial hunting programs, working right now with about a million acres in, in Texas, and then uh, Wildlife Consultants, uh, it's thewildlifeconsultants.com, and, um, and we do some... Uh, some consulting work, tech, you know, tech guidance work for different landowners, bank trust groups, a little bit of expert witness stuff. And Ruben Cantu and I, we work with about 70 to 80 different landowners each year through that company. And then Conservation Equity Partners, uh, conservationequitypartners.com. And that, that company, uh, Terry Anderson, Tamara Wood, uh, are principals in that company, and they run that company. And we focus on uh, environmental mitigation, some forestry management. Uh, we have a fund that we put together a few years ago called Conservation Equity Fund. And with that fund, we, we purchase different properties that have different conservation uplift potential and uh, and so uh, so yeah uh, those three companies are the areas of you know profession as far as ownership that I you know, dabble around with and, and uh, so any one of those websites you can find some information on uh, what those business uh, services look like and and uh, and those uh, those odd faces that are part of the uh, the ownership and management team of, of, of those those funky groups so it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Greg, thank you so much for joining me around the campfire this morning. I look forward to the next opportunity and maybe before too very long we can actually get out on maybe a squirrel hunt or something in the eastern part of the state yeah. and uh, maybe kick a few coals, yeah. kick, throw a few logs on the fire. Avelinas, cliff monks, Absolutely. chupacabras, you know, the big stuff. <laughs> DSC's Campfires has also been brought to you by The Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas. Have it. Our gear, your adventure. The Texas Wildlife Association. Double Nickel Taxidermy. Burnham Brothers Game Calls. And H3 Whitetail Solutions. <laughs>